You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should. I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult. You're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. I w- welcome in. It is the Hump Day edition, Jay Parker Show, live from ABX. And uh, always great to uh, get uh, you guys in. And uh, from Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson back in studio with us as well. And uh, now from Tide 100.9 FMR flagship station. So I hope everybody had a great uh, morning and beautiful morning it's been in Birmingham, Alabama. We've got a lot to get into today. Coming up at 1215, Roger Hoover joins us from CTSN. Uh, Crimson Tide Sports Network, and then uh, a little bit later on as well, uh, we've got uh, Christian Miller going to be joining us in our number two. So look forward to that. Visiting with them and getting their take on Alabama, Texas, and also looking ahead now on hump day to the next uh, matchup uh, coming up with La Monroe on Saturday. So a lot to dive into, a lot off the field to dive into as well from the Yelk uh, team at uh, Texas A&M. Some of their comments leading up to the game uh, against Appalachian State. Uh, Bob Stoops makes some comments as well uh, about Kirk Ferentz, uh son, and uh, so, so pretty interesting there for Iowa, and uh, also uh, Brian Kraft-Ferentz, that is, his son, uh, and also the Live Tour. We'll get into that, some of their controversy as far as being able to find 
anybody that wants to carry the broadcast. And Brett Favre also in a little bit of trouble as well with some text messages coming out. So we've got a lot of off-the-field and on-the-field stuff today. We are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf today. Great place. The food, the drinks, the fun. Get out there playing golf with friends, coworkers, and family, and a lot of great events as well at Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sonny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks at Sonny King Ford. Guys, good afternoon. Another beautiful day. God, I love this. It is absolutely fantastic, Lars. It's beautiful, beautiful. Unfortunately, Can we have class outside today. <laughs> I yeah, I do that all the time when uh, when the weather is nice. Uh, go outside and sit in a circle and dream big things. But um, cloud figures. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but man, I went and got uh, this morning my flu shot and my COVID booster shot, and so I can't really lift my arm at all. I almost went for the trifecta and got the shingles shot, but I was like, "That don't like you sick." <laughs> Will it? Yeah, Karen got it, and she was gone. She was yeah, down for about twenty four hours. Um, but guys, yesterday uh, in class, had Tim Brando speak to the class uh, to my uh, sports writing analysis class. And uh, Tim got so dressed up for the occasion, he was wearing a cut-off, cut-off sleeves T-shirt. You mean like Larry the Cable Guy yeah, would wear? like hot pink. And it was hot pink. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for dressing up for the occasion, That's Tim. Yes, awesome. <laughs> so I, and, I would have thought he'd have been suited a coat and tie. Yeah, that's what I thought Morris no, was getting ready to say. But the thing is, I didn't even comment on it because I wanted to save it for next week when we have him on air. I didn't. I didn't even. <laughs> okay. I didn't even give him a warning that uh, anything was coming. Did he, <laughs> but, did he know uh, he's on video? <laughs> I, I know. Yes, he did. He did. We, we did right. have some issues with our Zoom, but. Uh, but man, he, he was really uh, great, gracious with his time, and 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 the students absolutely loved him. Um, so uh, that was a, a nice uh, a nice thing that he did. But uh, how, how's your morning going, Matt? I everything's fantastic, and uh, I'm surprised. Maybe next week you could just dial in the Paul Feinbaum show and see whose dad calls. <laughs> uh, I'm just amazed reading this story, and our uh, producer Josh Smith is working on here. In a nutshell, legend called this show. If you keep up with the show, you know who these characters are. He was just destroying Alabama's defense. So, Skip Golding, Pete's dad, calls in. I understand he did this last year, too. And just wrecks legend. Uh, So, I don't know. I just immediately thought, would your dad have ever done something like this? No. I know know Jay's wouldn't now. No. I know mine wouldn't now. Well, hold on, Jay. What, what, what about uh, if Sarah Ashley has a bad game? Now, I know she won't have a bad game, but no, if she does. I wouldn't go. And uh, Leg- Legend calls into uh, some radio show, and you happen to be listening to it. You wouldn't uh, feel the inclination to call in and defend your daughter. I, I, my initial thought is no, because I just wouldn't do it. But I, but it's my daughter, so that's the only difference. If it's my son, they can okay, fend for themselves, yeah. and she can fend for herself too. But it's just different with daughters. I think you you know, uh, I don't I don't know. I think as dads, you feel different. You want to come to their to their aid, but um, no. I mean, it's you know, look. I mean, you know, talk radio was around when I was there, and it was rough, and in the radio and in newspaper times, and you just got to have a 
thick skin about it. And, um, you know, and especially as a coach, I mean, it's one thing as a player, but if you're, you're the defensive coordinator and your dad's calling in, you know, that's probably a little bit embarrassing for Pete Golding. And that's why his dad even said he probably hates the fact that I'm calling. I'll probably hear from that, hear from him about this. But, um, you know, I don't think Pete Golden needs any, any defense uh, from anybody. I think that uh, the players got to execute better and not make penalties and have more composure and discipline. It's not like yeah. Texas hung 40 on Alabama. Right. Is it? it yeah. Uh-oh. I mean, the thing is, Pete Golden, too, he's, he, he's 38 years old. And um, I, I think he is going to be a head coach here. Uh, perhaps if Alabama goes on to win the national title. And I actually feel better about Alabama winning the national title uh, today than I did at this time last week because of what they went through in Austin, Texas, and and uh, in, in just being on campus yesterday kind of confirmed that and in, in talking to students who know players. I don't have any players in my classes this semester, uh, but, you know, they're the, – the, they're going to learn, Jay, so much from that experience that they're going to carry with them the rest of the season. Not just the rest of the season. I mean, if they're going to beat Alabama for multiple years, I, I think it's a uh, it was such a great learning experience just to go into that environment. And there was just so many things that were unexpected uh, that Alabama hadn't dealt with before. Um, Sarkeesian just did a great job with his game plan. Gary Patterson, great job with the game plan. They threw stuff at Alabama that Alabama had literally never seen before. What the swinging gate uh, <laughs> in the on the first series, uh, genius call. Um, but uh, there were other other things too. It's a very hostile environment. Um, I, in speaking with the, the students who did go to the game, they felt, uh, as if the fans were awful to them, a really bad experience for the students who went, uh, a little surprised by that. I mean, they said, they said they would rather hang out with LSU fans on game day than Longhorn fans. But I, I've, I've seen that with my own two eyes. I mean, I, I've seen Longhorn fans and that's something that you get ready for it. Get ready for it when they come to the SEC. And it'll be interesting to see how Alabama treats Texas next year, Matt, when they come to town. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> I expect Alabama to stand up and, and, you know, do the right thing. Air conditioning, the, the let, let, let the band so come. But, you know, the, the exact opposite will be true of Oklahoma. Oklahoma has great fans. For the most part, the ones I've been around. Yeah, and you remember I, I, when Alabama? I would, I would agree with that. Remember when Alabama and uh, Oklahoma had the home and away? Yes. Uh, a lot of my friends went to that game, and uh, Alabama lost. You know, at at um, at Norman, um, and they said the fans were just fabulous. Uh, I'm a little surprised with their heritage and being a Texas school and all that kind of stuff that they treated the Alabama fans rough. I think they have. Uh, Jay, Texas fans have been frustrated for so long that even though Sark was trying to downplay the importance of that game, to them, this was a coming out game. They Hey, if we can beat number one in the country, if we can hang with number one in the country, that means we're back. How many years have we heard that phrase, Texas is back, we're back, we're back, we're back? And uh, it's always turned out to be a false hope. 
And uh, I, I don't know with, with Steve with Steve Sarkeesian there, um, who learned from the master. Uh, I, I think Texas is in good shape moving forward. But uh, like I said, Jay, the, I don't know what you have heard from uh, different people or, or 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 your son if if he if he caught wind of any of that down in Austin. But uh, the, the students I talked to really were. Uh, just disappointed and and, and some of them were a little scared to be honest like they didn't want to hang out outside the stadium they they felt they'd be more comfortable in the stadium and i also know that all the parents of the players were put up in the nosebleeds of the of the of the alabama players their parents were in the nosebleeds yeah a student in my all those all those liberals in austin that's what it is (laughs) it is like an island oh it is an island no doubt in texas that that, that is a fun place to go it really is um been there a number of times and uh love going there i just would never want to live there um i hate that for the students they felt that way and yeah i mean you know you got to be um you know, consider it whatever, you know, and, and, and the thing about it, the players, I mean, you asked about Bryson. I mean, they, they don't pay attention. They're, they're so into the game and preparing their minds to get ready for that. They're, I mean, they're kind of in, in tunnel vision um, because I even asked him about the air conditioning uh, after the game. I began to get reports about it. And he said, you know, he goes, that nobody even realized it. They already had them all set up. We got there. It was cool as could be inside the locker room. We brought our own and, you know, none of us really even thought about it till after the game that that had even happened, uh, that they uh, did not provide the air conditioning. So, it, you know, I think you get to that point to where you just don't worry about the stuff that's around you. The fans have to deal more with the peripheral than the, than the players and the coaches do uh, game day. All right, let's take a break. we got Roger Hoover coming up, CTSN. He joins us every Wednesday at 1215, 1220. And I uh, look forward to uh, visiting with him and getting his take on Alabama, Texas, and also Lamaro coming up this weekend. And uh, next hour, Christian Miller will join us right here on the Jay Barker Show with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. We'll be back live from ABX. Charmin Super Mega Roll is longer lasting, so you can change the roll less often. Enjoy the go with Charmin. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a sunny sky. Tuscaloosa's high 85, clear tonight, pleasant, the low 62. And we stay dry tomorrow and Friday. A good supply of sunshine both days. Highs in the mid to upper 80s between 85 and 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Thanks for being with us once again. Yeah, great to be with you guys. Especially great to be back with you after a win. It was good to see the Crimson Tide get it done on Saturday. Man, it was it was ugly, but a win is a win, baby. So we, we take it. Um, no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, just the atmosphere out there in Austin. Tell us kind of about that. We've heard a lot from the fans, some from the students that, that uh, Lars was with yesterday for his class, talking about just uh, 
that they even felt a little bit at times scared to be out outside the stadium with some of the Texas fans and how they were acting and stuff. I didn't know what kind of interactions you had and what was the environment like. Yeah, I was definitely removed from all that uh, in the press box. From what I saw, it was very similar to anywhere Alabama goes in the SEC, to be quite honest with you. It's a great, impressive stadium, and their fans are really passionate, especially the students. I mean, the students got in there about three hours prior to kickoff, filled up the student section very quickly. It seemed like it was first come, first serve. And, you know, every time there was crimson anywhere, they were booing. Uh, when Alabama's cheerleaders came out, you know, two or three hours before the game started, they started booing them immediately. And then obviously you can imagine what was happening during pregame warmups and everything that was said mm-hmm. during the game. But, I mean, it was very reminiscent of any road environment Alabama has gone to, you know, Tiger Stadium or the Swamp down in Gainesville, even Neyland Stadium in Tennessee. It was very similar to all those places. So, again, I think it should that Texas will be a good fit uh, in this league moving forward. But I, I really didn't think it was anything Alabama hadn't seen before in recent years. Roger, uh, give us just your sort of big picture, two or three thoughts on uh, your takeaways from the game on Saturday. Uh, there were a lot of mistakes. Uh, we've talked about the penalties, you know, 15 penalties for 100 yards. Uh, and, you know, they're very uncharacteristic penalties, it seemed like, for this football team and especially Nick Saban coach teams at Alabama. So I think that's something that this team has really got to clean up as they go through this week of practice and getting ready for Saturday with ULM and then Vanderbilt the next week after that. Uh, and then offensively, still trying to find a consistent running game. There were some explosive plays. Obviously, Jason Clellan's touchdown was a, a big point of emphasis, uh, but there really wasn't that down-in, down-out consistency in the run game that Coach Saban also said he didn't see against Utah State, so they got to find a consistent running game. I feel like moving forward, uh, the offensive line continues to take shape, and then uh, the wide receivers have to find some more consistency as well. Really start to eliminate some of the drops, and also find ways to get open. It was just uh, very uncharacteristic to see so many of those drives from the second quarter and the third quarter, even into the fourth quarter, stall as quickly as they did. But uh, once we saw Bryce Young with his back up against the wall, he was once again extremely good. It was a remarkable drive to give Alabama the go-ahead touchdown and then the, what turned out to be the game-winning field goal. Uh, he was at his best on both of those drives. Roger Hoover from Crimson Tide Sports Network is our guest. Roger, I want to continue the thread on wide receivers. Tyler Harrell's out. We lost JoJo Earl um, during practice. Um, is the deep threat, you know, like I, I thought Williams expanded every defense Alabama played when he was healthy. And I just don't see that on this team. Is Tyler Harrell the guy? Possibly. We just haven't seen it yet. Um, you know, with the injuries he's been battling and uh, how limited he was even in preseason camp, uh, we just haven't seen a chance for that to consistently develop for this football team. And I think that's one of the big question marks going into Saturday and also the Vanderbilt game after that. Uh, Harold's not available next week. Uh, how will Alabama find a way to go deep down the field? And they certainly have the athletes to do it right now, but I think that's something we have to see moving forward. Uh, we've seen some really good performances by guys like Treshawn Holden, uh, Kobe Prentice as well, but can Alabama go deep down the field like talking about? I think that's the real unknown at this point of the year, and that's something that in week three they still have to work on. Yeah, it really is crazy that Bryce Young in two games has not thrown a ball further than 15 yards. 
Yeah, it really is. Uh, and specifically, you know, when, with the Utah State game, you figured Alabama, once they're able to establish an early lead and uh, really assert its dominance in the game, you figured they would take a few more shots mm-hmm. downfield. But you're right. We haven't seen it at this point just yet. When you look at the, uh, as far as just the, the offensive line cohesiveness, kind of like the wide receivers getting the chemistry between the quarterback, they have to find chemistry between themselves and, and making the calls, especially in a hostile environment like that. But uh, a lot of people saying, well, why are other guys playing behind them? Why are they rotating them in and out and all that kind of stuff? But kind of give us your take on the O-line and, and, and kind of what you're seeing. And, and, and did you see some some improvements? I know Coach said, look, we need more push. We need more consistency. Uh, we need, uh, you know, he wants more of that run game, as you talked about earlier. Yeah, I think we're still working to see that. And I would really, instead of rotating guys out, I want to see these five guys keep learning how to play together. We know him yes. like you're yeah. limited by injury so going into the Utah State game. <laughs> yeah, and that's why he didn't start as much. So I, I want to see these guys play together uh, and put together some really dominant drives. Uh, I think that's the most important thing for this football team, and that's why maybe the ULM game comes at a really good time for this team. You're able to weather the storm at Texas. Now you keep getting better in this game, and then Vanderbilt after that before we know there's another tough challenge around the corner uh, going on the road to a very good Arkansas team. But, yeah, I, I want to see these guys keep keep playing together and the more that they get comfortable, the more that coach Wolford gets comfortable coaching at Alabama. I think better things are in store for that line. Roger, I know nobody feels worse about the penalties on Saturday than uh, Will Anderson jr. Uh, Just some mental mistakes there. Uh, Do you think that this is going to be a season long problem or what what is your analysis of, of, of why there were 15 penalties, including none in the fourth quarter, 15 penalties, the most in the Saban era? Yeah, for all 15 to be in the first three quarters and then in the fourth quarter when the game is at its most hostile in terms of in the stands and it was the hottest really late in the game as well, it is remarkable there were no penalties in that fourth quarter. Uh, I would just think it's more of a one-game thing, and we've seen this pop up uh, for Coach Saban-led teams from time to time, and they get corrected the next week, and you don't really hear about it once again. But specifically some of those penalties against Will Anderson Jr. Uh, lining up offside, I don't think we're going to see much of that moving forward. I think uh, the tape is going to be really helpful to look back on from this game. And I would expect a very disciplined Crimson Tide team coming up this Saturday. And really the first game, penalties weren't an issue at all against Utah State. So I think it's something that has continued to be a point of emphasis. Coach made the point earlier in the week that, uh, look, we work with officials at practice each and every day. Our players are graded each and every day. There's nothing more we're going to do on that. So it's just getting back to that consistency and really disciplined football that Alabama is used to playing. I, I think they'll be able to find that pretty quickly. But it has to come up in the game. can't just rely on saying, well, we're doing a good job of this at practice. It must happen on Saturday. Roger, what did Texas do to, uh, in effect, neutralize Will Anderson? And uh, I'm sure that uh, that particular design is on every uh, defensive playbook on Alabama's schedule now. Going forward, we're uh, sure other teams will do it, but can they do it as successfully as Texas did? You know, I'm not sure. I think Texas's players really made plays, especially a uh, freshman left tackle and Kelvin Banks Jr. I mean, he was able to hold his own. And for the most part, you know, teams are scheming Will Anderson the same way they have been ever since 
freshman season in 2020, but usually the athletes are not able to measure up and stop him. Uh, we saw Texas stop him. We saw some really good individual performances, and that was really my other big takeaway from the Texas game was I think they're a lot further into their rebuild than most people realize. I mean, they're athletically, they looked just as solid in a lot of areas with Alabama. I think a lot of people weren't sure they would necessarily see that this past Saturday, but Steve Sarkeesian in year two already has a lot of great SEC caliber athletes playing for the Longhorns. So I just think they were able to uh, execute the way they wanted to against Will, and now it's going to be up to some other teams on Alabama's schedule to see if their individual players can match that kind of effort we saw this past week. All right, Roger, good stuff. And uh, tell everybody how they can find you throughout the week and any other Crimson Tide news outside of football we need to know about. Yeah, the soccer team, first of all, is doing really well. Uh, now ranked number 11 in the country. They're hosting number four, South Carolina, coming up tomorrow in Tuscaloosa in what I believe is going to be the first ranked matchup we've ever had in Tuscaloosa for Alabama soccer. So tip of the cap to them. The men's golf team started the year with a great victory. So congratulations to Coach Sewell. I have an interview with him coming up on Hey Coach and the Nick Saban Show tomorrow night. That's coming your way at 6.30 from Baumhauer's in Tuscaloosa. Uh, very busy on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. We have Crimson Drive live. Tuesday and Thursday at 2 o'clock on all of our CTSN social media outlets. And then coming up this Saturday, of course, the football game against ULM will be on the air at noon to get it going for the Tide and the Warhawks, hoping for no repeats of 2007, even though we have Chris Stewart, who called that game on pay-per-view. He's on the call for us, filling in for Eli. And his partner, John Parker Wilson, happened to be the quarterback of that team as well. We've already made a few jokes about that as we start ULM week, but it should be a lot of fun. Great stuff, Roger. Thank you, my man. Thank you, guys. See ya. All right. See you. Roll Tide. Roger Hoover. And real quick, Matt, if you don't mind, remind everybody about your pregame show coming up right before Roger and them get started. Wow, that's interesting because I was just texting Christian Miller, who's going to join us at 1245 and does an outstanding job. But DC from the Bear, myself, uh, and Christian Miller do this show. It's a whole lot of fun. It's the pre-pre-pregame show. It's a tight tailgate show, and it airs five hours before kickoff. So this week it will air at 10 until noon and we'll be at 1225 your buddy's jay's place who has one of the most outstanding hamburgers it's really not a hamburger it's a steak burger try one see you saturday morning all right great stuff uh we'll continue again christian miller joining us at 1245 today so stay tuned for that as well we're live from avx audio video excellence continues we'll be back You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. 
Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205 716 Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Skip is up next. Skip, good afternoon. 
Good afternoon, Mr. Feinbaum. I was calling in response to that person who doesn't use his real name that was berating uh, my youngest son is the defense coordinator of Alabama, Pete Golding. Right. And I coached 44 years and played 14 years of football. I don't believe that man ever played or coached down. And he's telling people that know what the hell you, they're doing. You can cut it whenever you think you need to cut what it. What to do. They've had the number one, two, or three recruiting class for the last 10 years. All of college football recruiting has diminished. Why ain't Texas A&M winning with the number one class last year? Answer me that. But it upsets me that he's able to be on national TV and degrade my son, who has earned every bit of what he's gotten, when he don't know what he's talking about. Skip, let me ask you. I this. just uh, wanted to call uh, and hold, defend Skip, my son. Skip, could I ask you this? Because I, I know you. Um, I've met you, and yeah. and you are. Uh, you have a, an incredible track record as a football coach. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, you care a lot about your son. But when you, when you hear something like that, I, I know it's upsetting, but do you also have to consider that it comes with the territory when your son is a defensive coordinator? Oh, I agree. I'm going to get called later on and I call when Pete gets off of practice because they only work from 630 in the morning to 1130 at night, seven days a week during the season in Alabama, you know, as coaches. So once he gets off at eleven thirty, I'm sure he's going to call me and not be very happy. Well, because I called you. Well, that's okay. <laughs> and, 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 and by the way, I, I would say that there's not a father in America who wouldn't agree that you you you, you are defending your son. Responding to a comment from Legend, uh, who a lot of you know, the callers and stuff. We talked about it earlier in the show, but that was the clip uh, from the show, a part of it. And uh, guys, I guess just initial reaction, Lars. Well, he basically uh, challenged him to a fight. <laughs> Give me his address, is what he uh, Skip Golding said. And uh, I'll meet his blank because I ain't scared. I'm from South Miami. And uh, he's upset. And I, I, I don't blame him. I mean, uh, when somebody has the experience that um, that uh, Skip Golding has in the game of football and his son is just busting his tail trying to do everything he can to uh, get the Alabama defense right. And then uh, these, uh, you know, guys take uh, shots from the cheap seats uh it's uh it, 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 i'm sure it's tough not to pick up the phone and call into the show however you got to not you don't pick up the phone you don't pick up the phone because if it is going to embarrass Pete and i'm sure it, it 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 most likely did i don't know or maybe Pete's proud of his dad i i, I don't know I, I i've never had a conversation with Pete Golding in my life i happen to uh from afar like him very much and like i said in a previous segment i think he is head coaching material just based on what i've seen and what i have heard and and how he interacts with the players but if I am uh, his dad at this at, at this point in the season, my team, my son's team is number two in the country. 
just got out of Austin, Texas with a win, uh, held Austin, held the held Texas uh, to 19 points. I'm not calling the show, Matt. First of all, guys, I've been in the talk radio business long, long time. Anybody that gives them that self titles themselves legend, that's BS. What are you a legend of? I think the guy spent his life in trouble, to be honest with you, in the straight. Anyway, here's his quote. He's talking about how many national championships has Golden won? Two? Something like that. Something like that. His quote, the dude is pitiful. Uh, what? Pete Golding is pitiful? I mean, that's just an ignorant statement. The guy has six future first-round draft picks on his starting defense, and that dude can't stop a hobbled backup quarterback. Yeah, you know. I, I know Paul. Listen to Paul. We've had our differences. Uh, I watch and listen to his show mainly for, for the interviews. The call-in portion, button push. Yeah. I'm, I'm over to Leland. I, just, I actually listen to Leland Whaley a lot. But anyway... That's just talk radio, and I'm so I, I feel for Pete Golding because even though Lars just said maybe, maybe he's proud that his dad did that, I, I got a feeling that he went, Dad, dang it all, you did it last year. I asked you not to. Please, <laughs> would you stop? Jay, your reaction? Uh, I mean, I would suggest to just not to, his dad not to listen. <laughs> I mean, because Ledge is going to make those comments. Um, you know, you got a bunch of callers and. Uh, that are characters and they're part of that, uh, the characters of the show and they play a role, you know, to stir it up. And, uh, they're going to make comments like that about guys who are, you know, that don't deserve it, guys who do. And, uh, that's the stick. So that's, that's pretty much, uh, I think you just have to realize that and let it just kind of, you know, roll off of your, 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 of your back and not worry about it. And the best thing to do is just not listen, not, not listen to the, uh, to the show. Cause you're going to get that stuff anyway. You know, if you're a coach or a player, uh, again, you're either going to think too good of yourself or too bad of yourself. And the best thing to do is just not listen to the, to the noise, but instead just know that you believe in your son. And, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure Pete's not happy with it to a degree. I mean, and he loves his dad and probably is, you know, thankful that he stuck up for him in a sense, you know, they'd be like, okay, dad, I understand it, but don't do it again type deal. That's probably the conversation they had, Matt. It is. And, uh, I think of all the points that were just made, yours is the most significant. Don't listen. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of a writer not reading the comments to a story. Don't yeah. read the comments. I have a, I have a reminder. Uh, it, it's, a, a, it's just this Twitter feed. The only thing they send out is don't read the comments. And it com- they send it out like every three hours. And it's a good, yeah. good reminder. Skip, if you're listening, Ryan Fowler from 2 to 6. Best place to be. Ty 100.9 FM. <laughs> so I throw a little plug in there for Ryan Fowler. You won't hear all that stuff. It, that's it, it, Ryan's is not the Jerry Springer show. All right, uh, we'll be back. We got uh, Christian Miller coming up next. Mm-hmm. Stay with us.
You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios. To a better wireless plan. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Requires a compatible online phone and QIOP kit. 5G capable device required. Actual availability coverage and speed may vary. See latest terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Tide 100.9. Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a sunny sky. Tuscaloosa's high 85. Clear tonight. Pleasant. The low 62. And we stay dry tomorrow and Friday. A good supply of sunshine both days. Highs in the mid to upper 80s between 85 and 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. She's a good girl. Loves her mama. All right, welcome back in, and let's go and welcome in right now Christian Miller. And uh, Christian was with us last week, former outside linebacker for the Crimson Tide NFL player as well, and uh, was great last week. Wanted to get back on also doing the pregame show with Matt Coulter every uh, Saturday uh, leading up to Alabama's big matchups. But, uh, Christian, welcome in. Thanks for being with us again. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Definitely. And uh, I, I guess, first of all, just your overall kind of 100,000-foot uh, look down on, on the Crimson Tide versus Texas this past weekend. Yeah, you know, it definitely was a tough one, but, you know, win is a win. Definitely thought there was too many penalties. we got to clean that up. And uh, I think we just got to do a better job running the football. Uh, I think that will set us up a lot better um, in our passing game as well. But overall, a win is a win, and I just think there's a lot of a lot of things we can clean up. But, again, it's early on in the season. I think these guys are just going to get better as we go on. Christian, uh how do you explain the amount of penalties? 15 penalties in the first three quarters, uh, no penalties in the fourth quarter. Uh, it's the most of the Saban era. Um, wh- where, where does that come from? Well, I mean, when you're playing in an environment like that, you know, there's crowd noise, the distraction. It's just one of those things where, you know, it's hard to lock in. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to play in that environment. You know, you just got to stay focused, but, you know, this is one of those things that is just going to happen. Christian Miller is our guest, who, by the way, will be handling the microphone duty sideline for the Crimson Tide Sports Network this Saturday. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. Uh, give me a brief thought on that, and then also tell me what Texas did to kind of neutralize Will Anderson. Well, I'm excited to do that. Definitely something different, but um, definitely a, a new little new little gig, but probably similar to what I've been doing, but... Um, I think with with Texas and Will Anderson, you know, I think he just has a lot of expectations on him right now. I don't know if they necessarily did anything um, dramatic to stop him, but, um, you know, again, I I think he played a decent game. I think he just kind of was in his head a little bit being on the road in that environment. But, um, you know, I think he just – he's one of those guys where he still was making his mark. He blocked his field goal. um, He had that sack. Uh, He did a lot of good things. It's just sometimes he's not going to have those, you know, huge – explosive plays you know it's just sometimes you might not notice it but he he still was playing a decent game i think he just has to do a better job of keeping his head on his shoulders christian what was the toughest place you ever played in Whew. um man that's lsu was definitely always a hard place i remember uh we were on the punt team and we couldn't even get the snap count it was so loud um them or tennessee tennessee is very loud texas a&m is loud um but I would say probably between LSU and Tennessee. Christian, uh, 
what did you see out of Bryce Young, especially in the fourth quarter when it mattered most? Well, I saw a lot of poise from him. Um, he looked very confident. Um, he was able to, to make plays. And, uh, you know, he, he was taking what they were giving him, but he also was using his athleticism and um, his instincts to just to just go out there and, and do what he does best. And that was to, to, to just to, to make, make, you know, awesome plays when they needed them to make those plays, and uh, he really stepped up. And, um, and that's the type of guy he is if you look at him. He's very calm, cool, and collected. and um, He does a really good job of staying poised and, and getting his guys to rally behind him. And He just needed some guys to step up for him and, and to give him some opportunities, and that's what those guys eventually did. And, you know, you saw him, you know, elude that sack, that, that set up that, um, that field goal. And it, he just, man, he's just a special player, and, and he showed that. Um, you know, in a big-time situation, in a big-time game. Christian, I don't think Pete Golding was there when you left the University of Alabama, but he's been taking some criticism, which I think is totally unwarranted. But what are your thoughts about him as a defensive coordinator? Uh, so I did spend some time with Pete, and I, um, and I, you know, I, I know him really well. He um, He's a great uh, a great coordinator. He's, he's, he's a very smart guy. Um, there's a reason Coach Saban likes him a lot. And uh, I know a lot of people, you know, they watch games and they like to, you know, you know be very critical. But you got to remember there's so many moving parts. It's not always just on one guy. It's easy to point the finger. And, you know, and you might, when you're watching on a TV copy, just assume some things. But, you know, there might be situations where there, there could be a guy that could be missing an assignment. It's not always on the coordinator. i gotta, I got to give him some support. But, no, he's definitely a very smart guy. And uh, he's a very passionate guy. Um, as you see in some of his interviews, you know, he loves ball. He loves football. And um, he's just he's just a, a really personable guy. You know, he cares about his players a lot. And, uh, I, again, I think he's just a very smart guy that um, comes up with some, some good packages and, and uh, always tries to put – he always tries to put his players in the, in the best possible uh, position to make plays. Former outside linebacker for the Crimson Tide, Christian Miller, joining us here on the show today on this Wednesday edition. Uh, we were talking about this earlier in the week, but you know these are the type of moments I really think Coach Saban, in a sense, kind of likes. Um, I think he likes him to coach his players up and kind of the humbling of them early in the season. Talk about that and his mentality, kind of moving through that uh, that tough, ugly win on, on Saturday. Yeah, um, that's definitely one thing he's always going to take away from these type of games is that um, it, it builds character and, and it goes to show that you know you can't you can't just show up and expect to win. You know that was something that you know we've dealt with when I was there, um, you know, guys just get so used to winning and having success that, um, you know, sometimes you just expect to, oh, hey, we're going to go to this game, we're going to go show up, and we're just going to walk away with the win because that's what we do. But you, you can't always do that. Um, actually, you can never do that, you know, because on any given day you can always lose. Um, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. Um, so I think this was a, a really good wake-up call for the guys just to, just to show them that, hey, um, we do have our flaws. You know, there's some things that we can clean up and, uh, and we'll take this lesson, you know, early on. That way we can move forward, um, with what we've learned and, uh, you know, not take things for granted and, and just to be a little more prepared next time. You know, I think, again, you gotta, you gotta realize that that was like Will, I think Will was saying in his interview, that was a very hostile environment. Um, you know, that again, it's, it's hard to operate a, an offense when, you know, there's that much crowd noise and there's just so much going on and, you know, there's so much build up before the game, so much talk. So, you know, I, I think it's a great uh, learning lesson, and uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna use it to their advantage going forward to 
um, to make sure they correct all the little issues that they had last week. Christian, in your time at Alabama, did you uh, go through a similar game like uh, Alabama just experienced on Saturday? And then how did your guys respond? How did you respond? Yeah, um, one that comes to mind, uh, I want to say it was when we played at Ole Miss. Um, I want to say it might have been 2016. Uh, I know we went to Ole Miss, and I think we were down maybe 21 to nothing at one point in the first half. I know we were down probably about three scores at some point. And I think we might have caught a little bit of momentum going into the half. I think um, it might have been Eddie Jackson that returned a punt return um, or something like that. But I just know we, we went into it. It was an extremely hot game. The heat was getting to us. Uh, guys were cramping up. It, it was just rough. And our first half was terrible. And I just know we went into that locker room and we just said, Hey, like we got, we got to, we got to get this, we got to get this right. Like this isn't how we do. This isn't how we play football. This isn't our standard. And, uh, you know, fortunately we came out that second half and we were firing on all cylinders and, 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 you know, finally got it, got it going. But those kind of games that they, they, they definitely, you know, help you learn a lot about yourself and, and show, show you what you need to improve on, you know, going forward. Christian, can I follow up really quick? Um, was it the players or the coaches that really uh, were making the uh, big statements in the locker room at halftime of that game? Oh, uh, it's definitely going to be a little bit of both. Uh, you definitely have your older guys that are going to step up and do what they need to do and say what they need to say, but you're also going to have a message from you know the coordinators and also Coach Saban to say, "Hey, get your head on straight and, and let's lock in and let's let's just play our game of football and then we'll be all right." All righty then. Hey, Christian, uh, thanks for your time. I'll see you Saturday, and good luck on the sideline. Thank you all so much for having me. I appreciate it. We'll see you all soon. Thank you, Christian. Good luck. I think he's going to do an outstanding job. He's he's destined for the big time. My last question I'll I'll ask him next week. When would he major now? It wasn't underwater basket weaving or whatever we used to joke about. We'll be back with hour number two. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over, and man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family, do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. 
I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Six, nine. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan dot letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. 
You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Welcome back in. Hour number two. Jay Barker Show. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson, live from ABX. Audio, video, excellence. And we are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Got the Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. We call it the bowling of this you know, this generation. And uh, really fun for you, your family, friends, and coworkers. Get out to Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. All right, uh, great first hour there with Roger Hoover and also Christian Miller getting their breakdown of Alabama, Texas, and looking ahead to the Law Monroe coming up this weekend, be able to put some of the pieces back together and get back on track on offense and defense. Isn't it hard to believe, guys, and Lars, I'll start with you, 15 yards. Uh, Bryce has not thrown a pass longer than 15 yards all season. When I say all, just two games, but still uh, with the uh, the high-powered offense that we were expecting and some explosive plays down the field off a of play action pass, you would expect it he would have thrown a pass for more than 15 yards in two games. Yeah, it gives me a newfound appreciation for the wide receivers he had last year and also an appreciation for uh, JoJo Earl and Tyler Harrell who have uh, been out for these first two games with injuries. And uh, Coach Saban did provide an update on Tyler Harrell uh, this morning on his uh, weekly SEC uh, uh, coaches teleconference and he said that he still hasn't been able to practice this week. He's not going to play against uh, La Monroe. And, uh, he's, you know, he's saying that he's day-to-day with the, the foot issue that he has. And he said hopefully, hopefully he'll be back sometime soon. But, man, when you're talking about a wide receiver, especially a speed wide receiver who's got a foot issue, that is uh, troubling. But, uh, you know, fans want to think – that he is going to be the answer to all the problems of what is uh, plaguing the Alabama offense because he, you know, was clocked in a four-two-nine forty or whatever it was, and and uh, for Louisville last year he had five hundred fifty-nine receiving yards on twenty catches, and if you do the math on that, it's uh, I don't know twenty-seven yards a catch or something, um, and then also. Uh, you know, uh, losing JoJo Earl uh, to injury hurt because he also is a very speedy wide receiver. 
And uh, I, I don't know, Jay, is this an oversimplification? And then and then we'll, let's go to Matt. But is it an oversimplification to say that Jermaine Burton, Trayshawn Holden, Kobe Prentice, uh, Jameer Gibbs, and those have been the primary targets for Bryce Young, the fact that they don't have this home run hitter speed – now, I actually think Gibbs does, but but the but the wideouts aren't these uh, speed merchants the way that uh, uh, that the, the, the way that uh, the last year's receivers were. Does that just allow the safeties and everybody else to creep up and uh, and and just you know play closer to the line of scrimmage and therefore it makes everything a little bit more difficult for the offense to move the ball. And it gives uh, Bryce less time to throw the ball. Therefore, he hasn't thrown the ball down the field more than 15 yards. I mean, that can be it. And here's the thing, too. I mean, those guys are fast. I mean, you know, look, any team would love to have the receivers Alabama has on that offensive side of the ball. And, and Bryce loves the receivers. Um, they're not supersonic like you had with Jamison. I mean, Jamison was a track star, right? I mean, he was a guy that could absolutely just burn it. Um, you think about Jerry Judy the same way. And, uh, and 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 also Devonte Smith. So I mean, Smitty. I mean, those guys. I mean, they could absolutely just have that extra gear. Uh, Waddle had it. I, you know, I really think Kobe Prentice has that. I think Jacory Brooks has that. Uh, I think Jermaine Burton has enough. I mean, all the guys have enough to take the top off the coverage. Now it's it's about running the right routes, being in the right place, running them full speed every time, clearing guys out, that type of stuff. Because then that helps your run game as well. Uh, to worry about getting being over the top when you have those explosive plays. But Matt, you know. These guys, they got the speed to do it. I mean, it's just that they're not the supersonic guys, maybe that we've had in the last couple of years. Hey Jay, I want you to break it down in terms that you experienced. When you say taking taking it off the top, uh, you mean loosening up the defense where they have to they have to play a little bit more conservative, have to play up or or have to play back, and that loosens up your intermediate game, your running game. And I'm going into details that you're far better experienced to answer. But Kevin Lee was your guy. It was Kevin Lee the kind of guy that took it off the top? Yeah, I mean, he was the guy that pushed them all back. I mean, took the top right off uh, the coverage for us and, and, and for the other receivers. I mean, you're pushing them back to where you have more room underneath to throw the ball as well as it does keep them, you know, they're now worried more about play action pass, so they're not, safeties aren't filling those, those alleys quite as quickly in order to make the tackle, uh, which, you know, that's kind of the last guy there that's there to make it this unblocked uh that you leave unblocked a lot of times unless you're going to crack back with a receiver but um yeah that's the whole purpose is just to soften the coverage uh to get them you know back where you can throw underneath and then also to be able to take take the ball deep at times when you need to and get those explosive plays you know whether it be off play action pass which alabama loves to do and has done it and every team does um or whether it's you know just go routes where you're going to you know early in the game say we're going to push them back and we're going to make them think about it all game long from here on out in our first series of scripted plays so I think there's a lot of ways to get to it, but uh, but no, you hit it around the head. And uh, here's another question for you, Jay. Um, so in the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game, and uh, I, I know I always refer to the Bengals, but I, I watch this game very closely. T. Higgins, the number two wide receiver for Cincinnati, goes out. They bring in this guy, Mike Thomas, who has not played very much. And on two key plays, it was pretty obvious Mike Thomas ran the wrong route, and that allowed the the, the corner who was on Thomas to drop back a little bit and swat the ball away to uh, that, that was intended 
for Jamar Chase. One of them would have been an easy touchdown. Another one would have been an easy first down on a critical third down play. When you're forced to play younger players, does that happen very often? I mean, and, and of course, Joe Burrow or the coach, they're, they're not going to call that out. Uh, they're not going to call that particular player out, in this case, Mike Thomas. But does that happen uh, frequently? Not, or, or does that happen with regularity uh, when you are playing with younger guys who are inexperienced? It can because they're thinking about the route and how to run it instead of just running the route being full speed and uh, making sure that they're being correct on, you know, whether it's, you know, one-time Kobe – Prentice had a chance to sit down in the hole. Bryce threw a perfect ball to him that uh, was behind him because he ran through it where he needs to slow down. I mean, it just comes through experience. And uh, whether it's, you know, again, taking a safety out or taking a corner out in order to get another wide receiver open, that that's your role on that particular route. Uh, you, you may be the first look, but really you're a clear-out route. You, know, you might be a go route or whatever else. The other thing is is when you have guys like that, what what do the defense tend to do? They put a guy on top of them, right? So they move him over and they, they cheat towards – the guy that they feel like they got to worry about uh, beating the guy that's underneath them. So that, that, that in itself opens up one side of the field. Uh, and it also, again, loosens up in the running game as far as how the safeties play. And it just helps you out overall as an offense when you have those type of guys or those type of plays that you hit early in the game that really makes them think more about it as the game goes on. And, and another quick follow-up to that, Jay. I've heard uh, offensive coordinators, quarterbacks, coaches tell me this over and over and over throughout my career that if your quarterback is really good, he can overcome the deficiencies at wide receiver. Well, look at what happened to the Packers, your Packers, Matt, and and, 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 and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Do do you agree with that assessment that, hey, if you're an elite quarterback – it doesn't really matter who you throw out there at wide receiver, as long as they're, uh, you know, uh, a, a high level, say, college player or an NFL player. Uh, it, it only works for a while. I mean, I, I think you got to have elite players that are out there that you can throw to. I mean, to make plays for you. I mean, you can't just throw anybody out there, right? And a quarterback's going to be successful. Guys got to run the right routes. They got to run it precisely. You got to have great time. And that's the other thing too. I mean, the Kobe Prentice thing I just brought up. I mean, that's just experience. That's just. Both of those guys working together, kind of filling things out and knowing zone and man, and, and that, that comes from game experience. So, um, no, you you got to have a player. If you're going to be successful and be really on the high end of, of leading in the conference and passing yards and completion percentage, you better have guys there that can catch it, guys that can run, and guys that can perform after the catch. And that means make people miss and, and get yards after the catch is uh, something that they'll continue to improve on. Look, we're two games in. Uh, Texas was very well coached up and, and, and managed that game so well. Uh, again, you know, I think sometimes we're always pointing the finger back at ourselves when it comes to Alabama, thinking and expecting for it to be a 20-point or 30-point blowout every single time. And that just doesn't happen, especially on the road in the SEC now with the crowds the way they are and the competition, the coaches that are there. And then a guy like Patterson had that much time to prepare and get ready for Alabama's offense. Uh, they came up with a great plan. So you got to point the finger at them, too, and say they did a great job. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back live from ABX. Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, I'm Jay Barker. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show live from the AVX studios in downtown Progressive Park. We're singing a commercial. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is the end of the jingle. A jingle about insurance. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a sunny sky. Tuscaloosa's high 85, clear tonight, pleasant, below 62. And we stay dry tomorrow and Friday. A good supply of sunshine both days. Highs in the mid to upper 80s between 85 and 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Christian Miller and uh, also to Roger Hoover joining us in the first hour. Again, their take on the Crimson Tide. And, uh, guys, I don't know if you saw. Did you see the audio from the Yale practice uh, for Texas A&M the night before the game? They do this every uh, home game. I think it is. I don't think they do it for away games, but every home game. The, uh, the, the, the I guess the, the head Yale cheerleader or Yale whatever they call it at Texas A&M, man, he was just lambasting, uh, making fun of them and talking about them being in the, in the deep, uh, deep woods and that they can't spell and, they can't read and all that type of stuff. I don't know if you guys heard it. I did. I did. And uh, he was also saying I didn't know Appalachia was a state. Right. Uh, and just, yeah, he, he went on to, yeah, he, he, he made fun of them. And uh, not sure if he'll be the uh, Yell Squad leader uh, this uh, <laughs> moving forward. But but uh, you have any thoughts on that, Matt? I do. I do because uh, come on now. Um, he went, oh, he went over the top. Maybe that should be the name of the show, but he called them hillbillies. Now, then after that, he did go over the top, but this has been going on for years and years and years, but because somebody had a phone, had video and showed yeah. it now Appalachia and Boone and everybody in the world's hack off. Uh, it's, he called him a hillbilly. Get over it. That's my thoughts. Well, okay. So. There's two games, Jay, uh, that I want to get into. And I know a lot of uh, this weekend, a lot of people are saying this is a horrible slate of games uh, this third Saturday of September. But uh, there, there, there's two in particular that intrigue me, and that's uh, Auburn 2-0 hosting number 22 Penn State at uh, in, in, in Auburn. And, um, look, Auburn has been less than impressive in beating Mercer uh, 42-16 and then especially against San Jose State on Saturday uh, 24-16. And you go and you look at the the passing attack for Auburn has not been great at all. Uh, Four interceptions, one touchdown pass. And uh, if they have any chance of of beating the Nittany Lions – that's going to have to improve, right? And for Auburn, look, this game falls right in the middle of five straight home games to open the season. And if they win it, Auburn is 3-0 and and then two more home games against Missouri and LSU. There's a chance. Look, they beat Missouri. LSU is kind of a toss-up. LSU is in a little bit of disarray. I don't think they have settled on their quarterback really. Uh, I think there's a possibility that Auburn could start the year 5-0 and if they beat Penn State. If they lose to Penn State, 
I think there's a possibility that they start two and three uh, because of the, the whole momentum thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, Auburn's uh, back half of the season is just brutal, brutal, brutal. Four of the final seven games on the road and, uh, you know, games against number one, Georgia, number 20, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Alabama, uh, and so on. So I, I, I think that is a really interesting game. And then the, the team that you just talked about, Jay, Texas A&M. Uh, preseason number six, and they somehow need to recover from that seventeen fourteen loss to App State. Um, and and look, App State, they dominated the game. They held the ball for over forty one minutes. They embarrassed Texas A and M in that you know stadium that stretches up into the clouds there uh the a&m only had 160 or excuse me 186 yards of total offense right and uh, so they're now 103rd in the nation in total offense and now here comes who an improving miami team 2-0 under first year coach mario cristobal uh ranked uh number 13 and i'm telling you their quarterback Tyler Van Dyke, he is the guy that they have been waiting for since, like, Bernie Kosar. I mean, he is a good player. Uh, he is. I, I, he is, Jay. Uh, and, and, look, and you know more about this than me. So, Jay, I, I'll just throw it to you to, to uh, get your assessment of those two games. But... I really think Texas A&M is in danger of going 0-2. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that, that they've got, uh, or, or yeah, for them, or uh, Miami's improving. Yeah, so uh, Miami's really in, in, improving, and Mario's going to do a great job there. He's, a, he's an excellent football coach, a great recruiter uh, even more, and, uh, and also he's you know played there and got a lot of, uh, a lot of feelings towards his uh, alma mater, so I, I think he's going to do everything he can to make sure – they get that program headed back in the right direction. Um, so I agree with you. I think Miami is going to give Texas A&M a very, very tough game, if not win that game. And, you know, for Jimbo, I think he's got to, you know, really look in the mirror and figure out, you know, they can't change their offense three games in. You, I mean, you, you can't do that in a football season. I mean, you've worked from spring to fall to now on the things that you know and you've learned. And, you know, maybe you can add a couple little, you know, things here and there a little bit different from what you've done before and add those as the year goes on but you can't just revamp the offense the offense and i said this yesterday the offense is old uh he's had it and been around and done it for years and as other teams have adapted and moved on to more of a spread and the rpos and some different ways of getting to the pro style that he kind of runs uh his passes and, and the things he's doing down the field just take too long with the athletes that you have on defense now the pass rush and the pressure that they can put on the quarterback in, in, in the college level. It's just a lot of times the guys aren't used to seeing it and the disguising and all the things that they do in order to really confuse the quarterback and put them in really behind schedule and in, in long distance downs. And that's what they've been. Uh, and Miami's going to do the same thing. And I, I agree with you. The quarterback in Miami's played exceptional. Uh, back to Auburn, though. You know, if, if you're Harson and, and you're not uh, getting it done as far as throwing the ball down the field and, and the throwing game has been absent for them and, and they've really had to rely on the run game. I know Robbie Ashford, they say, is not quite the thrower, maybe doesn't quite know it, but if you're going to run it, might as well put a running quarterback in there. I, I can't remember. I was trying to think of the, run, the running quarterback they had 
when Mal's on, it was so good that, um, you know, he couldn't really throw it as well, but he was a former cornerback, you know, actually went to the senior right. bowl. I think it ended up, uh, I can't remember if he ended up going to, to a cornerback at that time and playing there, but that's what they kind of thought he might end up being as far as in the NFL. But why not, you know, if you're going to live and die by the run, why not have a guy in there that at least gives you a threat where people have to pay attention to it. So it gives you in a sense, an extra blocker to hold the backside backer or to get guys and the safeties to, to react to it and, all of a sudden, that gives your tank Bigsby an extra step uh, in order to make big runs. Um, I, I wonder if they'll look in that direction, Matt, if they're not getting the production out of, the, out of their quarterbacks and throwing the ball. Auburn's issues, in my opinion, can all be traced to recruiting. They haven't recruited well on the offensive line. The guys that they were supposed to be superstars haven't, haven't produced. Same exact situation with their wide receivers. They're mediocre. No, no offense intended, but that is the absolute truth. And that they don't have, in my opinion, yet an SEC style, an SEC capable quarterback. And all those things, you know what it spells? T A N K. And T A N K. And I would hope he gets 30 touches. And I know he, he's a lower your pads kind of back. And uh, that's what you're going to need. It keeps the ball away from Penn State, keeps your quarterback from throwing and making mistakes. But um, I. With a lot of Auburn problems, I think it goes back to the last few guys haven't recruited. Come on. And I agree. Where, where are they right now? Like 50th? Yeah. Uh, they've struggled in recruiting. And uh, I think a, a function of that is, uh, or a cause of that, is the fact that Harson is from the other side of the country. And he hasn't cultivated relationships with high school coaches throughout the South. And then there's the, other, the guy on the other side of the state. <laughs> yeah, that, that certainly that influences too. your yeah. too. But 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 moving on to uh, Texas A and M, this almost feels like a must win game for them because you look at their schedule. Next week they face Arkansas, number ten in the country, team on the rise, and that game will be played in Arlington, Texas. Then they play three straight road games at Mississippi State, at Alabama, at South Carolina. Suddenly. This season could go sideways very fast for Jimbo Fisher. And um, and, and look, we all remember A&M beating Alabama last season. But what we don't remember is that A&M finished the season 4-4 four and four in the yeah. SEC. Yeah. It, it, it's not like they, they, beat, they beat Alabama and then dominated everybody else. And then... Um, you know, if, if they lose to Miami, they're going to be out of the top twenty-five just three weeks into the season. And look, it, and this this stat was was thrown out everywhere that Appalachian State coach Sean Clark he earns about nine hundred thousand a season, and Jimbo makes about nine million. And App State just laid the wood. Laid the got paid. Wood, we got paid one point five million to do it as well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what's crazy. I mean, that, that's got to be such a sour. T- I hate it for Jimbo. I mean, I, like I said, I've known him for years. He's a competitor, man. He, he'll figure it out, I think. Um, you know, but you know, we kind of saw this at FSU. Uh, you know, as the years went on, and people began to really catch up to what he was doing. And I think for him, he's got to adapt to that. And uh, I don't, I never see him relinquishing the play calling until he's like, you know, seventy, eighty years old, and he just can't do it anymore. Um, but uh, that, other than that, actually, Jay. That what that was going to be my follow up. Uh, do you think he should relinquish the play calling? Well, two two things. One is that he's not going to number one, and number two is I mean it's the same place. 
I mean, it, it's going to be the same plays they run on down and distance. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like if anybody knows the offense, the best time to run a particular play would be him. Um, he said, look in time, maybe that will happen. I think he was trying to be a little bit humble and not get mad. In the pre- I really thought he was about to go off in the press conference when they asked him that. And he kept, he kept his cool. And I thought that was showed a lot of maturity on his part as far as the coach and understanding that it's bigger than just the play calls. a lot more stuff they've got to get handled. But um, hey, I, I think he can add a few twists and, and turns here for the offense, you know, add them each week and continue to make it a little bit more, um, say, up to date, I guess. I don't know. All right, we'll be back. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country. It's Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's. 
Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. Hello there, Brian. Bob Stoops here saying hi. And uh, listen, I know you've had a tough couple of uh, two, three years there, but the good news is your family still supports you, buddy, especially your dad. He wants you to know that. But uh, and even though everyone else seems to be against you, sometimes the best advice is to break free from the family business, man. Go do what you got to do. So uh, anyhow, all the best to you and a big boomer sooner and good luck. That was Bob Stoops, the uh, former Oklahoma uh, head coach and uh, former defense coordinator. But the Florida Gators, Barstool, Iowa said this is next level. Someone tricked Bob Stoops into making a cameo with a message to Brian for rents. Uh, and uh, as we were talking about earlier in the show, that was the actual clip, the cameo that he did. And a cameo is a video that you can get from different celebrities or athletes and stuff that uh, they'll do a you know, happy birthday or a message to a friend or family that you pay for. And um, and a lot of people pay some people pay a lot of money for these cameos and uh they feel like that he got tricked into this but um i guess they sent it out to brian france or either they just put it online but uh your guys i mean we've had a lot of off the field comments we've talked about in this show today yeah um <laughs> look uh it, bob stoops was asked uh this is this is more important to me i'll let you talk about the the cameo stuff but he was asked if he would take the nebraska job and uh he said that he's not interested i do know this uh update on nebraska football and i know all the people in alabama are just waiting with bated breath to know what's going on in nebraska football um <laughs> if Mickey Joseph, who's the interim head coach, if they beat Oklahoma on Saturday, he's got a great shot at getting the head job. He's got a well, great shot. Well, but that's the largest if I've ever heard. Yeah, but look, Mickey Joseph, he was the quarterback for Nebraska from 89 to 91, and I think it was in 90 that uh, they the, 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 the Oklahoma players threw him into the bench and um and ended up uh i think his season was over wow and uh so and and also the fact that nebraska's starting quarterback his dad was the starter at oklahoma anyway but uh, here i'll let you comment on the bob is, is, is uh, that not yeah cameos. is that not i mean kind of against where they want to go i mean they said they want to get away from the nebraska guys go outside the family uh in a sense um but but you're right trevor alberts did state he said look He's our interim coach now, but he can win the job. 
Uh, he'll be in the mix. We're going to do a national search for for a head coach, but if things work out well, he'll definitely be somebody we'll be considering. And you know who I thought of right away? Uh, well, we talked about um, Bielema. Let's bring Gene Stallings back. Who are you pointing? I'm, I'm pointing at my book, Dabo's World, Dabo Sweeney. Did so, any, had anybody ever Nebraska? heard? No, 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 no. Oh, wait, no, I'm, I'm no the, the fact that Dabo was an interim head coach. Oh, he okay, never okay. been a never been a coordinator before. Nobody on God's green thought that Dabo would become the next head coach at Clemson. And, and I'm a Dabo fan, but I was and, among and them. And now Dabo is what is he? Is he do make more money than Saban, or he's right there? Two hundred thousand less a year than okay. Saban. Well, he, he's he's done Until all that right. Final year, for he makes twelve point five. Yeah. Per year, I mean, <laughs> so, so yeah. No, uh, I, I, but here's the thing, though. I mean, again, in that in that scenario, I mean, Clemson and Nebraska. I mean, at that time, I'm talking about not now what that was built, but um, you know, a little bit different situation, is it not, with a with a blue blood brand name like Nebraska? I agree. And the last thing I want, Jay, is another former Nebraska quarterback as the head coach. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trust me. Uh, but uh, apparently the players just love him. He's from Louisiana. He, and he's he broke knows a barrier he's got there. Ties to this. He, he's got the South. Yeah. Uh, first uh, African-American head coach at Nebraska uh, in any For any sport. sport. Which is not yeah. something. Which is yeah. not something Nebraska should be bragging about right now. I mean, that it, it, it is it's ludicrous. In twenty twenty two, you've never had a uh, minority head coach. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I'll move on again because I know that our listeners don't really care too much about it. But uh, it, it will be an intriguing game on uh, Saturday at eleven a.m. Central Time. What is the uh, spread there, Mister Vegas? I don't know. Uh, Thirteen or fourteen? Wow, uh, eleven. I think the kids are. I think the Nebraska kids are going to play really hard. Um, but you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Eleven just seems awful low. Well, I mean, seems to me like Oklahoma would be favored by twenty-one. We'll see. But no, I think people are interested in the Nebraska job because Alabama fans can relate to the heritage of the Cornhuskers. And in one particular instance, they don't want to relate to it at all. Uh, due to, due to, was it I Am Hip that just ran oh, ref shot through the University of Alabama? I thought it was Johnny Rogers. Johnny, well, Johnny Rogers ran over everybody. <laughs> but I Am Hip was the walk-on from New Jersey that made um, just he – he's still a Nebraska favorite, isn't he? Yeah. If, if in name only. But getting back – Isaiah I, Moses Hip. Uh, he took a bus. So he's from Georgia. I, I I do know his story. Yeah, he took a bus and he was a walk on from Georgia. But really, uh, wow. and they had an unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was originally from New Jersey, and I don't need to question you on anything Nebraska. All right, back to my point. Others that you think might be in the mix for that job, if current guy doesn't make it. Um, like I said, I I, I have uh, put this out there. According to my sources inside the athletic department, people who I've known for years and years and years, uh, target number one is Matt Campbell at Iowa State, and it's been told to me and also uh, uh, I think two or three other reporters that Campbell would take the job if offered. 
And uh, none of this will go down until the end of the season, of course, uh, because you do, you know, I think Trev Albers does want to give uh, Mickey Joseph a, uh, a, a, uh, a fair shot. But the thing is, I, I follow Nebraska football as close as anyone, and I didn't even know Mickey Joseph was in was a coach in college football until about three weeks ago. Uh, so uh, I would be shocked. I would be shocked if, if, if he ends up getting the job. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, Matt Campbell is uh, is target number one, two, and three. And if he turns them down, uh, who knows? There's been speculation about Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer has professed his love uh, for Nebraska. I don't know if, uh, if Urban Meyer would be. A, yeah, I mean, would, would, let me ask you, Jay: Is Urban Meyer a fit at Nebraska? No, no, do not hire him. <laughs> I agree. I just, I think there's too much baggage. I think, I mean, I think there's too much of something. Just doesn't feel right about him as as a coach anymore. Uh, it started at Florida. Feels dirty. Yeah, it just started at Florida with you know, and you know the story with the players and the guys. That, one of the guys you did a book on, uh, and and all the stories that came out of that, and all the arrests and everything. And then you look at his time at Ohio State was actually pretty clean uh, toward, towards until towards the end. And then um, I, I don't know. I, I just you know, I don't know Urban Meyer. I've never met him. Never really been around him. So I'm, I'm judging him based on just what I've heard from other coaches, other players, and stuff. That's not fair. So I probably shouldn't do that. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't think he's the fit, I, and I don't. I don't think he's the 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 long term solution Nebraska needs for the next. They, they need a guy that's going to come in and say, "Look, I want to put my roots down in, in this area. I want to be here for the next ten or fifteen years." And they've got to get an excellent football coach that has, a, I think, somewhat of a brand name, or at least has had some success in the NFL or college, and then let that guy go to work and stay away from him. Let him just do his job recruit and get the kids in there that they need to get to win yeah i i agree a hundred percent another name that's been mentioned uh i don't think it's too serious is uh jeff munkin uh he's currently the head coach at the united states military academy been there since 2014 uh and he was the former head coach at georgia southern which just beat nebraska um but i i i Again, I, I think all chips are in uh, on, on Matt Campbell at Iowa State, and he has turned down big offers before. He turned down USC, but I think you know he, he I think he likes it in the Midwest. Um, and 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 look, Iowa State fans. I I had no idea there were so many passionate Iowa State fans, but just when I threw it out on on my social media Twitter, that uh, according to my sources, they didn't want to hear that. Oh, gosh, no, of course not, of course not. <laughs> but you know what? He was asked about it, and he didn't deny his interest, did not deny his interest. And and the thing is, Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, you know the AD, Trev Alberts, he has a list of names before he walks, or before, I don't know if he called Scott or uh, he had his list Scott last year. got into the office. Yeah, he had his list last year. Maybe, yeah. maybe longer than that. Um, and, and, and just reading, you guys, if you, if you want to read, uh, like, sort of uh, a, a class 101 on a dysfunctional program, read the stories about Scott Frost at Nebraska. It is shocking how inept this guy was. Well, on the other side of this break, I want you to throw a couple of examples. 
our way. We'll do that. Hey, Lars, what about Tom Brady after he retires? <laughs> uh, I don't He's know going if Giselle to the broadcast Lincoln? Going from South Beach to Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, Luke that Mickle. might not work out. He'll be in the broadcast booth anyway. He's already got his contract signed, ready to go. Pretty amazing. Not even done playing yet. All right, uh, we'll uh, continue, and uh, we'll get some examples of that Scott Frost uh, you talked about uh, coming up on the other side. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios. This is presented exclusively by Tuscaloosa Toyota, where we are all about people and all about you. Online at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a sunny sky. Tuscaloosa's high 85, clear tonight, pleasant, the low 62. And we stay dry tomorrow and Friday. A good supply of sunshine both days. Highs in the mid to upper 80s between 85 and 88. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Investigative report by Mississippi uh, Today, that's the name of the uh, report or the uh, station or maybe it's the actual paper, I'm not sure, revealed to, uh, to yesterday that former Mississippi Governor Phil Bryant helped NFL legend Brett Favre receive funding that was supposed to go to the state's welfare agency in order to build a new volleyball center at the University of Southern Mississippi. Now, text messages from 2017-2019 were filed this week by an attorney representing Nancy New has already pleaded guilty of 13 felony counts of bribery, fraud, and racketeering for her role in the scheme. Anu was the founder of the Mississippi Community Education Center, which was tasked with spending millions of federal welfare funds to help the state. The text showed the Farb, Anu, and Bryant discussing how to divert the welfare funds to build a $5 million volleyball stadium in Southern Miss. Farb played football there, as we all know. His daughter also was a volleyball player there at the time some of the texts were sent. Uh, his text read, quote, if you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? Farb asked New in 2017. After telling Farb that we never have that information publicized, she got back to him the next day. Wow, just got off the phone with Phil Bryant. He's on board with us. We will get this done, New told Farb. And another text in July, night, uh, July 2019, or June 2019, sorry, July 2019, Bryant told New he had just finished meeting with Farb and asked her if they could help him with his project. So Bryant, who left office in 2020, had previously denied helping with the scheme, but last year, Farr paid back 600000 to the state of Mississippi in an amount he had been paid for speeches he never gave. Farr was commissioned in 2017-2018 to promote a state poverty fighting initiative receiving $1.1 million. The state auditor's office reported that he initially gave back 500000 of the amount, but earlier this month, Farr was asked in a letter to repay the remainder plus interest. Then in May, the Mississippi Department of Human Services filed a civil lawsuit against Farr because he had not paid back interest on the $1.1 million that amounted to $228,000. Your boy Jeff Perlman came after him as well, uh, Lars, and said uh, to all of his uh, readers on Twitter and all of his social media, said, do not buy my book on Brett Favre. Do not read it. Do not go to a library and check it out. Uh, don't have anything to do with it. 
little yeah. quick, isn't it? Uh, well, that's a, a strong statement by Jeff, um, and it, it doesn't look good for Brett Favre right now. Why didn't and, he just go get COVID money? Isn't that what everybody else does? I uh, know. It wasn't. It, the timing doesn't work out there. No. Th- this is a perfect example of somebody having their heart in the right place. I want to build a new volleyball stadium. Mm-hmm. That, that's a good thing. But their head is evidently somewhere else anatomically. It could be some jail time. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. All right, about Scott Frost. I hope not really for Brett. Yeah. I, I, I hope not, too. Yeah, I, I like too. Brett. He's certainly, a lot of people don't. I, I don't understand. Oh, he's a great guy. I, I, don't, I don't understand. I mean, Jay, he has so much money. Why doesn't he just donate his own money and, and pay for the freaking volleyball stadium? I don't get that. Five million? Oh, he could have gone out and raised that money, money pretty quickly, Brett I think. Far. That's what I thought. It, it, certainly, he doesn't have five million just sitting around. Oh, that's a lot of I money, Lars. For, any, I mean, for for anybody, five million dollars just to throw at throw at it, and I mean, yeah, I mean, he's made good money. Uh, he didn't have nearly the contracts that these other guys have had. Um, you know, since nah, he got right. out and stuff. Yeah. But um, I don't. You know, a, a lot of it goes back, and and I, I wonder what the conversations other than the text we saw could have been them approaching him as well. Saying, "Hey, we can divert some of this funds. We feel like we can do that based on you know we, we have discretion. Um, you know, he may, he may have been led down that road a little bit too, thinking that it wasn't going to be anything legal. But yet he he didn't want it to be known publicly. Um, you know where where that money might be going. Yeah, it, it's a somewhat complicated case, and mm-hmm. so uh, I think we just need to let this play out a little bit. I just can't do that. I, 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 I spent I think a lot of Jeff time with him. And, yeah, I do. Go ahead. I agree. Jeff, Jeff jumped the gun. Maybe $5 yeah. million isn't so much to ask. This says Brett Favre's net worth is $100 million. Okay. Can we finish off yeah. with an example? Just really quick. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, the examples of how <laughs> not to run a program. Scott Frost was not fired because of the losses. He was fired because he, he was Scott Frost. Who is Scott Frost? He's the guy who showed up late for practice almost every single day. He was the guy who would not make recruiting phone calls. How do we know that? Because the assistants would follow up with that recruit and expecting to uh, hear how the conversation went with Scott. Ah, Scott just didn't call him. Who cares about recruiting? I mean, he's the antithesis of Nick Saban. Uh, And then, uh, again, yes, uh, showing up late for practice. and, And then just having your assistant coaches, your top lieutenants all going to their superiors saying the head coach shouldn't be doing this. He's doing this, 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 and this, please help us, please help us. And finally, Trev was just like enough, enough. And also it, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't even say this. He looked like he was hung over every single day of the week. Wow. Um, he just did. What was his Lincoln code word name? <laughs> I don't know. Scotty. Uh, I don't, I'm not. I'm not even going to go there. He got tanked. Anyway. He got tanked because he got uh, seven point yeah. five million more than he should have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good riddance. Wow. We didn't ask uh, Brando about his prediction that he'd win two national championships. <laughs> <laughs> we got we'll that next that. week, and we'll we got save, the uh, cutoff shirts. We got, 
So we got a lot of stuff. Yeah, to we, got, we, got, cut we, got, off. we got the yellow, or sorry, the pink cut off. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right, from Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, I'm Jay Barker. Thanks Good for listening show, in on this Wednesday edition. Thanks to Christian Miller, also to Roger.